Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Transform Sales Podcast. Today, I am so delighted to have Ruben Dua from Dove with me. How are you, Ruben? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm so excited to chat with you. Ruben is the founder and CEO of Dub, a popular sales video platform that helps business 30x. They work with 65,000 businesses, including well-known organizations like Keller Williams and Fannie Mae, whose sales teams use the platform to produce personalized video messages that boost connections, conversions, and revenues. Ruben has 20 plus years of marketing experience, and he is the author of Click on Record, a book on video marketing changing your life. All right, I am excited to dig in and learn more about how you are helping these businesses, but really, how did you get started in this world? How did you start your career? It's interesting because my experience in technology goes back to really the beginning of the internet in 1994, funny enough, when I was just a kid and it was my first startup. And I said, I'm going to change the world. And back then we sort of have this idea, my friend Brian and I, we had this idea of creating the world's first social network based on our talents and our background. And the funniest thing about this experience back then was that we thought that we would attract people in business and you know people that were just quote unquote air quotes ordinary people. We didn't think that we'd attract people that were really special and unique. But what ended up happening is that the people that we eventually connected with were performing artists like ventriloquists and clowns and and anyone on a stage because back then they weren't afraid. And those were really, I have so much respect for people in the performing arts because they're the most fearless people. They're the people first willing to get on a stage. And what's really amazing about that experience even though that startup failed, you know, I learned something really valuable that in this innovator's dilemma, there are people that start the movement. And in the, in the case of video, which is what we're all using now, just people with those air quotes, ordinary people, anyone in business, now we're all using video. We're doing it on social. We're doing one-to-one messages. You know, we're doing YouTube videos. We're doing videos everywhere. Here we are on a video podcast. And we really owe a lot of gratitude to the people that got us comfortable doing video, which again is those performing artists. Now, so many years later, I find myself allowing people in business to record simple videos from their phone, their webcam, their screen, and then sending those either on an individual basis or on a group basis to their ideal client profile. And then as a result, building out a uh, parasocial relationship, getting over some of those trust hurdles, being able to actually look into people in their eyes and saying, you know what, I want to know, like, and trust this person and eventually um, driving revenue. And that's ultimately what this does is that it builds connections to drive revenue. The biggest thing that people have to just start doing is to click record, which is the title of my book on Amazon. Awesome. Okay, so we're gonna go all the way back to the early days when you started this first company that you said it didn't take off. What are some of the lessons that you learned in those first few years, that time with that first company that you had that you've taken and applied to a business that you made successful? Well, the first one is to sign the term sheet and to get the check before a big recession takes place. (laughs) And I'm, of course, referring to the dot-com bust. (laughs) You know, we were one of those companies. It's right out of a Silicon Valley show, but we had the term sheet in hand. We were on our way to pick up the check, metaphorically speaking, and then the bust happened and there was no check and everything, you know, the sky fell basically. 
But, you know, I would say that the first thing that I think is so important is to remember it's really a twofold comment. Number one is that in any capacity when we're in business, our goal is to help other people. Our goal is to not convey what we have accomplished in our life. You know, if you're sort of wearing your resume on your chest, chances are you're you're not getting the results that you want and you're not getting the feeling that you want. Because ultimately, if you're kind of boasting and you're kind of focused on what you've done in the past, people don't really care about that. People want to solve their problems. They want to overcome their hurdles and accomplish their goals. So if we sort of see ourselves as a guide, and if we see ourselves as someone that can enable someone else to have success, we can kind of block all these things. The other thing that's really interesting is that, you know, when we talk about video, we talk about one of the things that I help people a lot with is to feel comfortable on video, you know, to be as comfortable as you are on video and as talented as you are, Wesleyan, because you're amazing. But unfortunately, most people are not. Most people actually suffer from video phobia and having a hard time clicking record. And I understand that. And what's amazing about having our purpose be their purpose, all of a sudden now we don't feel that imposter syndrome. You know, I feel like a fake. I feel like this is not right. I feel kind of arrogant. This feels icky. You don't get those feelings because ultimately you're trying to help the other person. So make the other person's goal your goal and then watch what happens. The world opens up to you. So how do you do that, right? Like, how do you actually get into the meat of the problem and say, this is my customer's goal. This is their purpose. This is what they think about at night when they're going to sleep. And how do I embody that as an entrepreneur, as a marketer, as a salesperson? How do I actually take that on? Well, I think that one of the most interesting things that that I have definitely evolved from is this idea of hyperscale without the human touch, without personalization. Like I used to be the type of marketing technologist or demand generation architect or whatever you want to call it, where I would be like, okay, let's import the leads. Let's build up the content. Let's deploy the systems, you know, three, two, one launch. And what I had done and what I suffered from is this distance from humanity. I forgot about the person. I forgot about who that person is on the other end. Initially, what their business goals are. But then even more, what it's like personally, like what they're actually going through as an individual, what are their hopes and fears? You know, if they're a head of sales for a multinational corporation, you know, they're not just someone that can write a check and do something that I want them to do. There's someone that has specific goals, specific directives from corner offices, you know, certain quotas, um, fears. When they go home at the end of the day, they have stresses with their family, their situation whether it's external or internal, and that there's all these factors. And if you start to go back and reconnect to that person, to your ideal client profile, what it is that they go through on a daily basis, personally and professionally, then all of a sudden you can start to craft your content, you can start to make your video messaging more on point, and ultimately you can connect on an empathetic, compassionate human level that actually elicits and inspires them to take action. And hopefully the action that you're offering is value, value, value. Because if it's super salesy, anyone with experience is going to be like, nope, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to sell me. But if we're focused on value and we're focused on empathy and true understanding, again, the world opens up to us. And I love to say that we, people say we're in B2B, I'm in B2C, but it's human to human. Like Mm -hmm. we are a human selling to another human. And so once Mm -hmm. we understand like what drives that person, what really makes them tick, what their personal values are, what their professional values are, then we get beneath the layer and we cut through all of the noise. 
And so mm. I know, as you mentioned, I am comfortable on video. I look at my videos like, I don't know, from three, four years ago. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Wesleyan, you've come a really long way. <laughs> you've come <laughs> a really long way. And I know for me, getting comfortable on video was just doing it, like just trying and seeing what I was doing wrong and realizing, again, I'm a human talking to another human. So when somebody is first dipping their toe They're like, okay, I know what my buyer's challenges are. I know the things I want to say, but how do I show up as my authentic self on a video? Yeah, I really connect to that message. And you obviously have gone through an evolution. And, you know, I just, I wanted to just encourage people to to watch more of your videos (laughs) because (laughs) just being on video with you, you know, I get that essence where you're just truly authentic and comfortable. And unfortunately, a lot of people they're not able to kind of overcome that. And I promise you, it just happens with practice. So if you don't have a hundred videos in your delete folder on your phone that you're not comfortable sending, that means you haven't practiced enough. Because when I was getting started a long time ago, I made videos and I deleted them and I made videos and I deleted them. And my camera was almost like my mirror. And then finally I realized it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter how I look. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what my background looks like. As long as the audio and the lighting is decent, as long as what I'm saying is valuable, that's all that's really going to matter. So, you know, that's a confidence thing. This is relevant for your YouTube videos, your social media videos, your one-to-one video emails. If you use dub or something like this, you know, encourage you guys to get over that confidence block because there's like a big fat pot of gold on the other side. And plus it's easier. It's more efficient. What would you rather do? Send a hundred emails and only get one response or send, you know, 10 video emails and get four responses. Mm. Yeah, I tell people I speak in video. So if my yeah. somebody on my team asks me a question or somebody's like, hey, Wesley, can you review this thing? Like people send me on LinkedIn because, you know, I, I try to have a servant heart. They're like, can you look at my resume for me? I'm like, sure. It'll take me three minutes. I'll literally walk you through it on video and tell you exactly what to do and I'm done. Right. And so like I know it has really helped me within the business and the way that I show up to other people. But Everybody's like, do video, do video, do video. And people are like, okay, I want to do it. But give us a little bit of the why behind. Why is video so high converting? Why is it so effective? Why should people really be tapping into it more? Well, I think one of the biggest problems that we're suffering from right now is trust. It's very human. It's very normal to receive an email from someone, to receive a text message, and to say, I actually don't trust that the name on that message is the correct name of that person. The company's not real. The offer's not real. The link is bogus. Something terrible is going to happen if I actually engage with this person. We've seen enough Netflix specials. We've watched episodes of Black Mirror. We've seen horror stories happen to our friends. We've read the headlines where terrible things happen from stranger danger. And I understand that and I acknowledge that. And I'm not trying to say to not keep your guard up. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying, however, from a sales perspective is that we have every duty to bring back the trust, to bring back the humanity. And as salespeople, as business developers, as potential partners for people, which is basically anyone in business, it's on us to bring the trust factor. It's not on the other person. It's not on the recipient to just blindly trust us. What is it about video? It's hard to fake stuff on video. You know, I'm not a deep fake. This is not Tom Cruise deep fake. That's not what this is. People can tell that tech does not exist yet. So if I put myself on video. And if I look at you in in the eyes, you can look at me in my eyes, you can see my world behind me. And you can say that's a real individual that's willing to put themselves on the line. And then, and then it really comes down to the know, like, and trust stuff. What we can guarantee is that there's a connection made and that there's a trust hurdle 
that gets overcome. What we can't guarantee, obviously, is the alignment. And the alignment is that's you and that's your experience. <laughs> and maybe as, a, as an expert, you can give us you know, more advice on how to actually align with more people. Yeah, you know, that's a fantastic um, tidbit of information. It's that trust factor because no like trust, right? It is an absolutely important part of any sales or marketing funnel. And how do I build that trust? You know, words on a page or a text message only does so much, but when they see your picture and then they see you talking and they're like, Cause I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I said it was Tuesday, it's actually Wednesday. It's, you know, it's one of those weeks. And they're like, oh, that person is actually human. And they have that ability to mess up and take it back and then show back up again. And you know, the who you should be talking to, I always say it goes down to really speak to your soulmate, who is the person who is the one that really needs, has the pain. And you talked about it already, actually. You said, who has that problem? What are the professional or personal issues that this person on the other side of the video has? And figure that out and then double down on that. That's really valuable information. I think that one of the things that I have definitely suffered from, and it's definitely some mistakes that I've made, is trying to you know, boil the ocean. And trying to say, if someone asks me, who do I cater to? I might say, well, I, we cater to sales leaders, you know, which is basically, I don't know, 15 million professionals in America. It's not a very specific audience. It's basically everyone in some capacity is doing sales these days, right? So, you know, the idea here to actually, from an alignment perspective, to figure out who are the people that are not potentially going to align with you and removing them from your target from a sales perspective, I think this is one of the most valuable things that you can do. We created an ideal client profile spreadsheet in Excel, and it was one of the coolest experiences that I've done for profiling. And what we did was we kept adding columns on who is our ideal client. Okay, where do they live? What do they do? What devices do they have? What is their budget? You know, do they feel comfortable being on video? Do they have experience using sales software? We just kept going. And we didn't stop. And I think we got to like 27 or 37 questions. And we put all of our industries in, in the other side. And then every single industry, we would say, how many, you know, yes or no, or maybe. And then at the end, we've just tallied it up. Which of these industries have the most yeses? Which mm. of this person type has the most yeses? And this was the most liberating, anxiety removing thing that I've ever done is we slashed out all the ones that did not have all the yeses. And we got to like one or two. And in getting to those one or two, all of a sudden our world opened up. Now we're like, our ads can be more specific. Our subject lines can be more specific. Our eBooks can be like using the actual language of that industry. We can host workshops, we can have webinars because now we have this individual person, not you know everyone with 10 fingers. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. It is so, so good. It's like, who, where do I see the most yeses, right? Where is there the most alignment for my product? And as you said, you can be laser focused. If you're like, we do video marketing for realtors. We do video marketing for dentists. It's like, oh, I'm a dentist. I want to see what does that have to do with me? How can that attract me? And I actually recently went through this exercise with somebody on my team where, um, doing a, a new project and we're going to be targeting. At first I was like field salespeople and she was like, well, what does that mean? And I was like, okay, outside salespeople. And so we drilled down on that. And what does that mean? If you see that we're talking to outside salespeople and you're like, but I'm an SDR or no, I'm an AE. That means we're not talking to you. And that's okay mm. because we're yeah. not talking to you, right? We're speaking to a specific person and it allows people to have that opt-in. That is who I am. Let me raise that's my it. hand. I want to do that, right? 
And then the right. people who it doesn't speak to, you're like, but I'm losing all of them. No, you're not. Because they're like, you're not talking to me, but I'm kind of interested. And that sounds really cool. So I think I'm going to opt in anyways. Yeah. I mean, how liberating is it to actually focus? You know, focusing is, is the liberation. There's actually a paradox in here, which took me a long time to realize. But, you know, you might meet um, an entrepreneur and you might ask this question, why do you want to start this business? And the answer might be, well, because I want to change the world, right? And that's a beautiful answer. And it's right out of a movie. It's gorgeous, right? We all love that story, right? <laughs> it's a headline story. I want to change the world, right? The interesting thing is that when you have this want to change the world mindset, you know, it's also a boil the ocean mindset, right? And even though your goal is big, the way in which you attain that bigness is not through a linear path because you're basically trying to attract everyone. So the best success stories ever are the ones that thought big, but that got to that bigness by some sort of a either linear or multilinear path. And that earned the growth. They earned the extra tab in the navigation on Amazon. Started with books, started with books. You know, why don't we go earn additional parts of the market, you know, and ultimately change the world, not boil the ocean, because that's not going to happen. And I think with entrepreneurs, it's like we have these great big ideas and big ideas are fantastic. You have to have the vision, you have to have the insight, you have to have the ideas, but you have to realize that your big vision, your big insight, it has to boil down to the individual person who is going to say yes. And yes, you may say, I sell to multi-billion dollar companies, but who is the individual person within that company that I'm targeting? And when you are crafting your sales messaging, your marketing messaging, if you're not thinking about that person, if it's Bob or if it's Sally or whoever it is, then you're missing the mark. And that mm -hmm. is what so many entrepreneurs are doing wrong. They're so focused on this huge, big ocean. They're like, I have this big idea and I can do all of these things, but it's a person at the end that you actually need to be speaking to. Yeah, let's not forget about that person. I mean, it, I think salespeople, mar marketing people might be the most susceptible to potentially making this mistake because you're just looking at a CRM and you're doing marketing automation and you're building your ads creating your content, and it might actually be a problem to connect with the person. People on the front lines, SDRs, any type of sales rep that's on the phone, that's cold calling, emailing, they're probably the least likely to do this, unless there's a scarcity mindset thing where it's like all they want to do is close, and then all of a sudden they've lost all the humanity. So it's like, how do we connect with the person, feeling a sense of abundance, not feeling desperation to want to close them, losing the humanity, and ultimately believing in the long play, the long play of content and value and relationships, not hard closes that just come in and come out. Absolutely. It's the, the value, right? You mentioned earlier, it's the valuable touches. It's not just touch people, bombard them with a million videos, bombard them, hit them, hit them, hit them. It's what value are you bringing? So I want to touch a little bit on... So you've had many different businesses and I know in the growing of your current business, it hasn't been like you said, a straight linear line up. Tell us what that inflection point was for you guys. What really helped you guys hit the market and just take off? Well, I mean, I would, I would say that one of the things that really activated technology companies specific 
in any type of virtual situation is obviously the pandemic because we're all stuck at home and we're like, hey, we need to get on Zoom. And, you know, in our case, we need to be able to send asynchronous pre-recorded videos, which is the opposite of Zoom. It's Zoom is synchronous and video messaging is asynchronous. So, you know, obviously we, you know, it's one of those residual benefits of the pandemic where people now need to be able to communicate virtually. Um, so that was number one. You know, I'd say bullet number two is just this idea of sending emails has become very difficult. Sending SMS and, you know, LinkedIn messages, they're getting more and more and more ignored. Unfortunately, more emails are going to the spam folders, trash folders. More emails are getting marked as unsubscribe or delete. You know, SMS, stop, unsubscribe. You know, LinkedIn, just how many people are checking their LinkedIn messages these days? I ignore a lot, unfortunately. So in this world of noise, you know, how can we empower people to, to make a splash and to actually build their personality? And most importantly, frankly, is to have fun doing something. You know, if you're not having fun recording videos and sending them to your prospects, then this is not going to be a sustainable thing, you know? But guess what? If you don't love the video, you'll love the results. That's good. If you don't love the video, you'll love the results. I mean, that's kind of like <laughs> a mic drop moment. You might not love yeah. the video, but one person is like, oh, yeah, I like that. Oh, yeah, I see you. They're like, oh, OK, this might yeah. actually work. Let me try to do it again. And, you know, when you start doing something hard, something different, I like to say that in that hardness, it's just like when a child is growing, right? So their bones are hurting, their clothes stop fitting, they're uncomfortable, they're hungry all the time. And so you're just feeding, 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 buying more clothes, doing all these things. But that's what we call growing pains. And the same mm. thing happens when you're in your professional life within your business. It's going to hurt. It's not going to feel good. It's going to feel bad before it feels good. And then it's going to feel good and it's going to feel bad again. And then it might just feel good forever. But you have to know that that's a normal part of business. That's a normal part of life. Yeah. Gosh. I mean, if we're not a little uncomfortable and if we don't lean into that discomfort, I don't know how we're going to effectively accomplish anything or gain joy. I mean, there's this beautiful video, this viral video where there's a, and I wish I could remember the names of the creator of this. I'm sure if you Google this, you'll find it, but it's a performing artist that's walking up these stairs and there's a trampoline and he keeps falling off the trampoline and then jumping back onto the stairs. And there's this beautiful soundtrack behind this by Sugar Ross. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. And it's just this reminder that the path to success is riddled with failure. It's failure, mm. failure, 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 success. And I know that that's a cliche and we've seen that a hundred times on memes, but this is real stuff, ladies and gentlemen, this is real stuff. If we are not taking risks and making failures, we are not making progress at all. So I would just encourage people, you know, if there is something where you need to get over some sort of a confidence hurdle, if you want to something professionally, if you want to record your first LinkedIn video, if you want to do your first LinkedIn Live or host a webinar or write a book or be on a podcast or start a podcast or send a video message using Dub on an email, whatever the case may be, do the practice, go do the reps and watch what happens when you actually go through the process. Because on the other side, you'll actually start to enjoy it. And you'll be like, God, I can't believe that I had that phobia or that I got depressed when I fell that one time, you know, because ultimately we just get up you know, we've gone through the weeding process and, you know, again, results, results. I mean, I always ask people, if someone says, I don't really like doing videos, I say, okay, that's fine. Do you like getting high quality leads of your ideal client profile for the cheapest possible price in the most sustainable <laughs> and repeatable way? 
well, yeah, I'd love that. I'm in. How do I get that? Oh, remember that first thing that you said you don't like doing? Well, that's the answer. Because watch what happens when you go create a YouTube channel. Watch what happens when you get on Instagram Reels. Whatever your business is, watch what happens. Results, results, results. What you're feeling is not video. What you're feeling is trauma. What you're feeling is negativity that's swirling in your mind and frankly, lack of practice. Because doing videos for human beings is about 100 years old, okay? It's about 100 years old. There's no person on this planet that was born with the DNA of feeling comfortable being on video. That's not possible. Human beings don't evolve that fast. We don't evolve in like a hundred years to all of a sudden become, you know, video geniuses. That's not a thing. All that we're doing, the way that we're comfortable is we just put in the reps, we practice. And some of us are willing to actually be bold enough to say, I used to suck on video. I used to record hundreds of videos and delete them, but gosh, get over the confidence hurdle. Results, results, results. I love that. I couldn't have said it better myself. And <laughs> as I was listening to you, it reminded me that, so I love birthdays. That's like, my birthday is my favorite holiday. And so because Which, I love birthdays, birthday? September 20th. <laughs> September oh, 20th. nice. And I, so I love my birthday, but I love everybody else's birthday too. Like that is my thing. And so everyone in my life, they get a birthday video from West Link. And That's so amazing. they all look forward to their birthday video from me. And this year, one of my friends who was like, she never does videos. She was like, I know this is what you like. So I'm sending you a video. And the thing is, you inspire people. So yeah. I inspired her to step out of her comfort zone. And she recorded a video for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fantastically amazing. So when you're having all this negative self-talk and you're like, ah, I'm really not that good. I don't really like doing this. You never know who you're impacting. You never know who you're inspiring. You never know that person that sees your video on the other side and they're like, you know what? This is something that I need to do. I want to get out of my comfort zone. You said something that resonates with me and I actually want to take you up on that. And I want to buy a product from you, not even because I need it, not even because your product may be superior or stellar, but you sent me this video. You stepped out of your comfort zone just to speak to me specifically. That's it right there. That's the human connection. I mean, that's what we started this combo with. And that's where the story goes from. It's about building that human connection. You know, one of the things that I want to encourage listeners to realize and think about is that don't just listen to what Wesleyan is telling you to do. Do what Wesleyan is doing. It's two things. It's not just what she says. It's also what she's doing. And the reason why I say that is because you're putting in the time, you've gotten over the confidence hurdles, you're making a human connection, and people are resonating with that. And it's your podcast, your social channels, like, that's what it's about. Like, that's what it's about. You know, it's, plus it's fun. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it used you know? to be not fun. And now it's fun. <laughs> it absolutely is. And I love to say, I always use this thing of, What's the thing that you could do for 100 hours a week and not get paid and still love it? And that's definitely, you are definitely walking in that passion and that purpose, Ruben. When you talk about how impactful video has been for you in your life, personally, professionally, all the trials and tribulations, it's like you are actually walking in your purpose. Yeah, that's it. And when I think finding purpose is, is one of the, one, it's probably one of the most difficult things that we can do in our lives. The only way to do it is to lean into discomfort. The only way to do it is to figure out like what our talents are and how they align to other people and to connect with people empathetically and to solve their problems. Any purpose typically comes from 
how can I bring joy to someone else? Like a performing artist, a painter, a bonsai artist. It's what happens when someone else consumes that information, you know? So when we root ourselves in value to others, all of a sudden the world of purpose just, just opens up, you know? My son, nine years old, he's become a balloon artist. And I, it's amazing. Like this kid, when he gets on YouTube, he'll go become an expert at something. Like I'll, I'll look away and I'll look back and in five minutes, he's just an expert at something like thanks to YouTube, right? And it's amazing. And the other day he asked me, he's like, hey, what if I become a professional balloon artist, like a balloon sculptor That's <laughs> my job? And I was like, okay, hmm, do I say, well, hey, there's no money in balloon sculpting. <laughs> or do I say, you know what? If you became the world's best balloon sculptor, I'm sure you'd be a really successful person because I don't know who that person is and I don't know if they have a show in Vegas. But talk about just leaning into what you're into and just taking the leap. Yeah. Like, how about we just take the leap, you know? Yeah. Just literally think about what is bigger than you. Think about things that you can do that are outside of your infinite wisdom. Like, think big. What is the most audacious thing that you could ever think that you would want to achieve or imagine? And start working towards it. It may be 5, 10, 20 years away. But just take one step, 1% closer to your goal every single day. And that is literally what makes amazing entrepreneurs and business owners like you and I. Well, they always say this is like classic, you know, Napoleon Hill, think and grow rich, like write down your goals. You know, I need to, I'm going to go after this podcast. I feel so inspired by you. I'm going to go write down my goals and I'm going to look at that and I'm going to say, how can I make my 1% progress today? Absolutely. And I actually, yesterday I sat down and, and I wrote down my big, hairy, audacious goals, like literally. And one of those goals is I'm going to pack stadiums. Like, I don't know when, I don't know how, but I'm like, I'm going to pack stadiums and I'm going to inspire people. I'm going to inspire leaders. I'm going to help them work through the things, the trauma you mentioned that is holding them back from showing up and leading. Like that is what I'm going to do one day. And so like when you write that down and you look at it because it is on my desk, I look at it and I'm like, okay, how am I going to get one step closer to that today? What am I going to do to achieve that goal? That's it right there. I mean, state the intention and then create the path to that intention. I have really spent a lot of time trying to understand uh, manifestation. And I'm, I'm a student of this and there's so many great videos on YouTube to understand this, but I truly believe that we can create our own universe. We have the power to create our whole world, right? We have our power to create better relationships. We have power to create success. If we want to build a billion dollar company, we are capable of doing it. We just have to start with the intention of doing it and then taking action to do that. I don't think there's privilege. I don't think that there's too much luck in certain things when it comes to business and technology right now. It's become very, very, very democratized. Everything is on YouTube. Easy to build software companies, easy to build consulting companies, easy to build agencies. You don't need investor money. A lot of the times you can start with simple, simple, simple business planning. You know, take on a first client, watch what happens. You know, for the entrepreneurs, the budding entrepreneurs in the room, you know, find your first client to become your investor. You know, the world will open up to you. You know, how much better is it to have a client that's paying you money to run your business than chasing after investors? Like who wants to do that? That's, that's not a fun thing. Absolutely. I'm like, allow your customers to teach you. Like I, this, I actually train salespeople to do that. Like I tell their managers, I'm like, make them go talk to their customers and make the customers teach them how they use your product how they use mm. your service. Like literally just why not? If they're already paying you and as an entrepreneur, you take the same thing. Like 
find a customer. It may not be your top dollar price. You may have to do 100 hours of work and really only be getting paid for 10, but that's okay. It's a learning lesson. And like you said, it's all about setting those intentions, being actionable about them. And I like to take it a step further. Like I just shared it with you publicly. Everybody who's on hearing this podcast is hearing it. Like, don't be quiet about those goals. Like, let people know, I want to do this thing. And the right person is going to hear you and they're going to be like, I want to do this thing with you. The right person is going to hear that goal, that thing that you want to do. And they're like, I want you to work with me, right? Like, you never know who's listening. You never know. Mm. Well, I love what you said, which is to connect, you know, reach out to customers and to understand what it is that they're going through. And what I think is also interesting about this is that if we actually make a connection with our customers and understand why they decided to buy, but also the people that did not decide to buy or the people that canceled on us to understand why they bounced. Understanding that information, it helps you objection handle. It helps you put your pitch together, your presentation together. The problem is this. The problem is a lot of people in sales, they say, my goal is to sell. I'm not going to go and call an existing client because there's no sell in there. I mean, unless there's an upsell. I'm not going to go waste my time on a person that rejected us. Why would I? But that information, I think it's, I think it's worth a hundred times more than just pitching another person that might be out of your client profile, you know, because now all of a sudden you're empowered to figure out why people decided to buy and why people did not decide to buy. I'm going to wrap us up with this quote. I have a lot of Wesleyan wisdoms. And one of the ones that I like to use is it's okay to lose, but it's not okay to lose the same way twice. So it is your responsibility as a salesperson to understand why you lost and never to lose that way again. I love that. Yeah. So, Ruben, this has been a fantastically amazing conversation. What is the one best way that people can get in contact with you if they want to? Yeah, I would say I'm very active on LinkedIn. You know, connect with me on LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram. I'm also there. Fool around on TikTok sometimes as well. So connect with me on socials. Check out our podcast, Connection Loop. And if you want to empower yourself to use video to create connections with your clients and your prospects, go to dub.com and grab an account. Awesome, awesome. This has been a fantastic conversation. You've enlightened me. We've walked through decades of your experience. You mm. talked to us about the fantastic ways we should be using video and not just the what to do, but the why behind it and really that mindset, the things that people don't really talk about so often. So thank you so much for your time, talent, and expertise. Thank you, Wesley. Appreciate you. And that was another episode of the Transform Sales Podcast. Remember, in all that you do and every day, transform your sales.